Welcome to Chattachesis. I'm your host, Deacon Matt Hallback, PhD, and I'm also a deacon of the Diocese of Des Moines, Iowa. I'm your host of Chattachesis, a podcast series for clergy that helps them find creative and fresh ways to share the gospel message and promote missionary discipleship. This episode is brought to you by Christ in Us and Sadlier's bilingual program, Cristo en Nosotros. All children are introduced to seven strands of spirituality by some of the giants in the Catholic mystical tradition. Initiative where we Start your journey now at sadlyreligion.com forward slash CIU. Especially evangelization. How are we doing it in this difficult time of COVID and social distance? Uh, how are we catechizing? What resources are we using? And today begins an episode, I should say a new round and a first episode with clergy guests where we're going to be talking about liturgical seasons. And I am very blessed today to have Father Joseph Gabina with us from the Diocese of Brooklyn. Uh, if you don't know where Brooklyn is, I'll tell you, it's not in Iowa. There is a Brooklyn, Iowa, and that's, that's close to where I'm from, but we're talking Brooklyn, New York. And we're very happy to have him with us. He's the Vicar for Evangelization and Catechesis. We're going to be chatting a little bit today about Lent and what's going on in the Diocese of Brooklyn. So, Father, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. Always a pleasure. Yes, thank you so much uh, for that quick response. And uh, you came highly recommended, so I know you won't disappoint. No pressure, no pressure. Thank At you, any rate, no pressure. You, just tell us, tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself. Uh, this is a podcast for clergy, so anything you can say about your ministry background or your current ministry back landscape would be helpful as we talk about the topics. And then our listeners can kind of think about, you know, will those ideas work for me where I am? Well, first, thank you again for the invite. Uh, I've been very blessed to have been a Catholic educator for 49 years. So the majority of my life in ministry has been spent in Catholic education. And I'm very proud to be able to say that I began as an elementary school teacher, very quickly realized that I was not going to be a very good elementary school teacher, went on to teach at high schools and high school seminaries, at St. John's University uh, and have been really fortunate from 1986 until now to have been involved in the diaconate formation program for the Diocese of Brooklyn. And that's been a real blessing. I've also taught at our seminary and am currently an adjunct at St. Joseph Seminary in Dunwoody. So education in all its many branches is my background. And right now in the Diocese of Brooklyn, we're working on a year of renewal for Catholic education involving every branch. So I am working very closely with our superintendent of Catholic school support services to bridge the worlds of faith formation and Catholic schools. It's been really productive so far. Right now we're working on scholarship initiatives for our Spanish community and our Haitian community. As you know, the Diocese of Brooklyn is the smallest territorial diocese in the nation, and yet one of the largest in population and has one of the most diverse populations. So that on any given Sunday in our diocese, we have faith formation going on in over 80 languages. Wow. So, and dialects. So it's, um, really an exciting time to be in the ministry um, with COVID stepping in as the new diocesan vicar was a unique challenge because mm -hmm. helping parishes move 
to virtual catechesis. Uh, we also worked on a project through our Catholic Foundation to provide over 2,200 iPads for our teacher catechists and elementary school teachers in the diocese to get the necessary technology into their hands. That's wonderful. That has had its fits and starts, its ups and downs, but we're trying to move into the technological age. Mm -hmm. So that's just what's going on in terms of the vicariate. Mm -hmm. Now, we're going to get into Lent and the year of St. Joseph in a little while, but so far, so good. Well, wonderful. It sounds like you've taken the reins and just ran with it. And uh, uh, for our listeners, um, Ted Musco was the director of, of, or I should say, the vicar for evangelization and catechesis prior to Father Gabino. A wonderful man, had his own gifts. And now we have a priest. And I want to just ask, since this is a clergy podcast, has there been a cleric in this role before? Or is this the first time? No, we, we've had uh, a number of clergymen who held this position. Uh, lately, it has been in the hands of a member of the laity, but as it turned out now, we are in transitions everywhere. So it just seemed like a moment to, to put in a clergy person as a transitional figure for however long. And what do you think, Father, uh, you bring that's that's unique because you're clergy. What do you think you bring to this role that that could enhance it, make it fruitful for people? Uh, you know, you mentioned the liturgical year, and uh, you know, for a clergy person, the liturgical year is very important. We kind of live our lives by the seasons, if you will, and our liturgical year so much reflects what's going on in nature, and we've been fortunate in. The, in both Pope Benedict XVI and now Pope Francis to have popes who are very involved in creation, mm-hmm. very much involved in the environment that have really asked us to stop and consider our roles as stewards of all creation. Mm-hmm. And as you know, in every catechetical program, that's a very important piece, how we are educating to be stewards of creation. So putting nature and the liturgical seasons together comes naturally for a priest. And so um, it's been really wonderful when we planned our Advent evening of prayer, and now we're planning our Lenten evening of prayer and reflection. For Advent, um, we did something very unique. Also, because I am the academic dean of our diaconate program, I asked deacons around our diocese to give homilies in seven languages. We taped the mass earlier so that the English homilist was really integral in that mass. And then at the appropriate time, we provided links to the other languages. Mm -hmm. So we had deacon homilists in Spanish, Creole, Polish, um, Mandarin, Then we went into, uh, invited everyone back to the liturgy. Then we had presentations in five different languages and you could just link into whichever one you wanted. And we ended with a multilingual holy hour rosary. So as a priest, those prayer service components kind of come naturally. For Lent, we're doing something very similar 
the mass model will remain the same, but we've asked a Joseph to be the celebrant, a Joseph to be the homilist. We're asking Josephs to be the presenters. Mm-hmm. And that's been a fun piece. What if and they say, Father, look, I go by, what if they say, I go by Joe, not Joseph? <laughs> okay, we'll fudge a little. We'll <laughs> deal with this. And then we'll end with the multilingual stations of the cross experience. So in our diocese, it's trying to bring an awareness that the permanent deacons really have two major ministerial roles. One is, of course, in the marriage apostolate. Our married deacons should be forefront in helping form our young married couples, especially. And then secondly, the bishops of the United States have just said they are key evangelizers. Mm -hmm. You're all in the workplace. You're all in your home parishes. You're in the world. You are critical evangelizers. So when I was told it was going to be Deacon Matt doing this, I was really excited because oh. <laughs> I was deacon to be in the public eye. Oh my gosh, I owe you some money after this episode. No pressure. No pressure <laughs> on the deacon. Wonderful. So I, I I hear what I'm hearing is if I can just kind of summarize a lot of this wonderful stuff you're doing already um, in the diocese and in preparation for Lent, I hear a lot of unification, a lot of unifying of peoples celebrating diversity of their gifts, doing it through the multilingual celebrations. Um, Even from an administrative standpoint earlier, you mentioned this sort of a diocesan. um, And as you know, and and if you have not worked in other dioceses, you can imagine it's the same. Bureaucracy tends to be the same all over the place. But it sounds like you're breaking down some silos too. And and what you're really trying to be integral with, with how you evangelize as a whole. So we want to know, for example, how does religious education catechesis fit into the big picture of what we're doing? You mentioned this renewal piece. I think that's a, that's a wonderful thing. And, and actually to bring forward our last round of guests, um, that was a common thread that, that and actually some, some of our guests, um, some of our priests um, went so far as to say COVID was a blessing. Not the, not the virus, but that it gave them the space and the time to reflect on what's essential in their parishes and in their dioceses. And some of them feel like they're coming out the other end as we slowly begin to emerge from this dark time, this dark winter. They're, they're, they're much stronger and more focused. It sounds like that's going on a little bit in, in Brooklyn, too. Oh, absolutely. And in, in many ways, COVID has been a blessing. Mm-hmm. Again, not the virus. Right. But all of a sudden, people had to stop. Right. And, you know, New York, Brooklyn, Queens, everyone is moving fast. So it was a blessing to slow down. And the, the new general directory for catechesis highlights two real pieces. And they're very much the hallmark of Pope Francis's papacy. First, family life. So all of a sudden parents weren't running from dance to soccer to basketball to football, back to dance. Families stayed home and had dinner together. Now, several years ago, the Stouffer Food Corporation came out with the last Monday of September was half family dinner night. Well, my question was, why did we as a Catholic community need Stouffer Foods, with all due respect, to tell us to stay home and have dinner. Right. Isn't that 
something natural for us because if our young kids don't understand, let's get together and have a family meal, how can they understand, let's gather at the table of right. the parish for Eucharist, our great meal? They won't have that connection. So all of a sudden, families were at home. Families actually went back to game night where they laughed together. Families began praying together again. All of that was a blessing of COVID. And then for the catechetical community, all of a sudden, we had to be very creative. And right. we discovered we're very creative people. And what I really enjoyed in this new position was watching the publishing companies all scramble to be creative new entities for evangelization. With sad they're, sad they're gracefully moving forward, though. <laughs> they're gracefully moving forward, of course. And my favorite moment was all of you trying to get virtual yeah. programs up and running at the same time. I sat back and had a few good laughs at all of your expense. No offense, man. But you did it. You, you came up with these dynamic programs very quickly to serve the catechetical community. And DREs and catechetical leaders had to convince catechists that creativity is part of Catholicism. That's right. Great blessing. That's right. And uh, we know just from our church history lessons that uh, just in time or necessity is the mother of innovation, uh, that plays a role in the church's life all through the ages. And, um, and we're living it now. So just real quick, we have a, about a handful of minutes left. And what I'd like to do is talk about two things. We alluded to it already. First is the year of St. Joseph. And we talked about our Joseph uh, homilists that, uh, already. But then secondly, uh, what else might be happening for Lent and or either from a Dawson level father or from you personally? Are there themes you're going to focus on? Um, what are you going to homilize about at your at, uh, Holy Trinity, your, your parish there in Whitestone? Um, what themes is the diocese or yourself as a pastor going to ask the people to focus on. So let's start with the year of St. Joseph. Um, is there anything unique or special going on? We talked about the homilies. Um, anything else going on with regards to the year of St. Joseph in Brooklyn? As you know, March 19th is St. Joseph, the patron of the Universal Church, and May 1st is St. Joseph the Worker. So along with our diocesan liturgical office, we are trying to put together small events for our fathers for those days. One will be for the Hispanic community, one will be for the English speaking communities. The dilemma of course is we don't know what the face or the footprint of COVID will be right. on March 19th and, and May 1st. So we're moving a little slowly with those two dates because of that. And then we would like to plan a major diocesan day of Joseph for the late fall. Again, everything is so tentative right now because of COVID. On, on the Lenten side, uh, what I'm suggesting is something very unusual. And that is the theme for our Lenten reflection is St. Joseph in the shadow of the cross. Very seldom do we put Joseph in that, in that role. We have Mary and the holy women at the cross. 
But it seems to me that St. Joseph was as a father and husband, instrumental in the life of Mary and Jesus. So why would we remove him from that most pivotal role in, in our experience of salvation? Why would we think Joseph would be far away from the hearts of Mary or Jesus at that moment? And it is posing an interesting challenge to our presenters. But what I did in Advent was talk about the wood of the manger becoming the wood of the cross, stealing shamefully from Fulton J. Sheen. And yet, if we talk about the incarnation, how can we separate that from the resurrection? If we talk about the birth of the Messiah, how can we not talk about the death of the Messiah, which I'm stealing shamelessly from Raymond D. Brown? So it seems to me that we can weigh together our Advent season that leads into Christmas and our Lenten season that leads into the resurrection, because both really have to do with the Holy Spirit. The incarnation and the resurrection are inseparable from the Holy Spirit. So we can tie all of this experience together. And unfortunately, in, in the age of COVID, we have all had the experience of birth and baptisms being delayed for a year, and then the overwhelming number of deaths from COVID. Can we put together birth and death and come up with new life? So that's where at least we as a parish, and I hope as a diocese, are heading for our seasons. That's a lot, and it's a, a lot of rich material. Um, I really appreciate you sharing that. Let me back up towards the beginning with the theme that you're proposing of St. Joseph and the Shadow of the Cross. I really like that. It's Not only is it unique, but it gives a uh, an honest and uh, more comprehensive look at this man who had a pivotal integral role in the life of Mary and Jesus. And he's not just their butler as they go from Nazareth to Bethlehem to Egypt or wherever, you know, it's, he's there making critical decisions, first of all, to keep Mary, to not put her out, so to speak, and expose her shame, quote unquote. Uh, but, um, and you talk about getting creative just in time uh, and the gifts of the church to be able to do that. But what about God thinking, all right, how are we going to make this happen so that these, this young couple understands what's going on and what this plan, we need angels, we need dreams, powerful dreams, we need magi, we need a star. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite a scene. It's quite a scene. So first of all, thank you for this interesting, unique, and important look at Joseph. Um, I don't know if you want to say anything about that more, but I was going to, I can move right on. But thank you for that Lenten theme. Oh, you're, you're very welcome. Uh, obviously, Joseph has someone who is very important to me in prayer. You know, I think about my patron saint a lot. And in some ways, um, I love reimagining, mm-hmm. uh, you know, St. Ignatius, so very big on imaginative contemplation. This, he's a wealth to imagine mm-hmm. uh, what that's like. And Pope Francis's new book, Let Us Dream, mm. just encourages us to be creative and mm-hmm. do this imaginative prayer, which is so Jesuit. It is. 
It is. It's so him. And, and one more thing about Joseph, which you uh, evoked in me was uh, a thought was um, we talk a lot about how, you know, Mary as mother of God uh, by virtue of her role um, with the incarnation and, and how holy her maternity is and how holy maternity is in general. But let's look at Joseph also and say, not only how holy the paternal role is, right? In this case, a foster father, but how holy foster parenting is. I don't know if we talk about that, you know? Right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So Joseph, uh, multifaceted and uh, a wonderful, a wonderful model. Um, and thank you for that theme. Let's, let's go down the line a little bit with what you had to say too. Um, what uh, I wanted to ask to about the, you mentioned the directory, the new directory, and the focus on creativity. Uh, one of the things I hear you saying, and I imagine this will be the case in the celebration of the Lenten season, is no one size fits all. And that was a message that came loud and clear in the new directory. So we can't catechize everybody the same way. Uh, we can't presume anybody knows anything uh, or believes anything. Uh, we have to really approach everything kind of as a, a everybody as a blank slate. What do you think is a good way, if you're trying to instill the importance of Lent in a child or in a parent or, or a, a single young adult, what's a good first step to really raise the level of appreciation for this important season? Any ideas, any thoughts on that? Well, and you know, again, this is one of the blessings that has come out of COVID because there was so much fear. Everybody was afraid. And yet over and over again in scripture, we hear, be not afraid. So the fear that I have is that when, when the dust begins to settle, everybody is going to want to go back and do it the way we always did. And we can't go back. Right. The way we did it is never going to be the way we're going to do it in the future. And we can't give in to that temptation of saying, okay, let's just go back now. And, and the new directory makes that very clear. In terms of family life and evangelization, we are not going backwards. We're moving forwards. So Lent gives us a very unique opportunity. We cannot look to the future in the rearview mirror. We can learn from the rearview mirror, but we have to look forward. And Lent is always that period that invites us to reflect on renewing our baptismal commitment, looking to the past, but moving forward, being living disciples from that renewal of baptismal commitment. Mm -hmm. And we pause at the foot of the cross, but really Lent is about living waters. Lent is about moving forward and change. Really, that is what COVID was all about, moving forward, living waters. So my fear is that this Lent will be trying to do everything the same way. But really, Lent is inviting us to really embrace new life in baptism, embrace the cross, and run to the empty tomb. 
Right. It, 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 for some reason, in what you were saying, my mind went back to scripture and to Israel and their exilic experience and the desire to return back home uh, after exile and kind of return to the way it was. And we want to rebuild and, and reinstate and, and reflourish. That's not a word, but you know what I'm saying. And then here we are in a, in a time of missionary discipleship. Here we are in a time of joy of the gospel and everything is Avanti and, and go forth. And so now it's like it, that, that period of history has been flipped on its head as a new model for us, which is COVID creates the exile. Now the church is saying flourish wherever you are. And, and yes, return to parish, return to your Eucharist, return to the sacraments, return to church teaching and the life of grace. However, the, the missionary fields are all around you. They're in your backyard, they're in your parish community, they're at the grocery store. The GDC talks about casual catechesis, these moments that just happen everywhere we are, these little moments to, to teach and to share faith. I think that's an interesting change of, of the game plan that we don't, wanna, we don't wanna look backwards and say, gosh, when are we gonna get back to the way it was? You're exactly right. We wanna say now, how do we flourish where we are? I appreciate that. Oh, that was great. That, I'm going to steal part of that, <laughs> just so you know. Shamelessly, I steal. That's all right. That's fine. So uh, we're closing here, coming to an end of our time together, and it always goes way too fast. Uh, again, we've been talking with Father Gabino from the Brooklyn Diocese, uh, the uh, Vicar for Evangelization and Catechesis. Father, we've covered a lot of ground very quickly. Uh, we talked a bit about St. Joseph, the year of St. Joseph. We talked a bit about this great Lenten theme that's kind of cooking St. Joseph in the shadow of the cross. We talked a little bit about Lent itself. Um, you're in a new role there, but it sounds like you're in a, a, making a great start of it. And um, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? And then I'm going to ask you for a blessing. Well, today is the feast day of Saints Titus and Timothy. Um, really great missionary disciples who uh, journeyed with Paul, who encountered Christ. And it, they remind us that really the role of catechesis is witness. All right. And, if, and a blessing, please, for our listeners. And let us pray that through the intercession of St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church and of Fathers, that through his intercession, we will grow in our role as leaders of our faith community and as examples, living witnesses of Christ Jesus in our world. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Thank you, Father, for your time. This has been Chattachesis. I'm your host, Deacon Matt Hallback, and we'll look forward to chatting next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Chattachesis. Head over to sadlyreligion.com forward slash podcast to hear more. And don't forget to request your sample and trial of Christ in Us and our bilingual edition, Cristo in Nosotros, at sadlyreligion.com forward slash CIU.